0: Good morning. I feel quite ill-equipped this morning after listening to some of those testimonies to share with you. I just think it's amazing what God does in people's lives and how he meets each of them where they're at and works so individually within us. And, yeah, I've just got a few thoughts that I've put together about baptisms today. So I hope it's helpful. And the first thing I want to ask you this morning is this. Do we really want to learn something new? Do we really? You know, like when someone comes in the kitchen when you're cooking and tries to tell you a better way of making your gravy? Do we really want to learn something new? When someone tries to give you some advice with your kids on how to discipline them or help them in a certain area, do we really want to learn something new? When your children come and explain to you how to make your technology work better and how to use your phone... (laughs) Do we really want to learn something new? And I think very often we can all be like, yeah, I want to learn something new. It's really exciting. But do we really want to? Do we really want to learn it? Do we really want to apply it? And I think that's a really difficult question. And I think many of us would like to say, yes, I do want to learn something new. But then when the reality of it comes, do we actually Leo, and I can't say his surname, but a man with a surname that begins with a B, says this, change is the end result of all true learning. Change is the end result of all true learning. And you know, there's a story in the Bible, the account of Jesus when he was baptized. And very often we'll look at this account, but there's one thing in it And John, who baptises Jesus, actually tries to stop Jesus from getting baptised. And John, at that moment, has to learn something new. And in his willingness to learn something new, he's then able to apply it and bring change. Let's look at the account from Matthew 3. It says this. Then Jesus went from Galilee to the Jordan River to be baptised by John. But John tried to talk him out of it. Imagine this morning, somebody standing over there when Paul and Tim get in the tank to baptise people. And they're like, actually, are you really sure you want to get baptised? I don't know whether you actually, I know you've done that thing on the stage, but do you really want to get baptised this morning? That was what John did with Jesus. He said, I am the one who needs baptising by you. He said, so why are you coming to me? But Jesus said, it should be done, for we must carry out all that God requires Another version says, for we must fulfill all righteousness, which is basically a fancy way of saying we need to do the right thing. So John agreed to baptize him. Imagine trying to convince someone to baptize you. We're trying to convince people to get baptized this morning. But John had to be convinced to baptize Jesus. It says, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened And he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and settle on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. So we see that Jesus goes to get baptised. John tries to stop him because he thinks, well actually Jesus, you should be baptising me. And Jesus' response is no, we need to do things the right way. So I've got a few things that I've picked up from these few verses that I just want to share with you really quickly this morning. And the first one is this. Baptism is a step in a well-ordered plan. Baptism, if you're making notes, is a step in a well-ordered plan. You know, when I grew up, I used to love watching the A-Team. Yeah, no one else watched that. Is there no one else here who was alive in the 80s? Come on, just help me along a bit here. I love the A-Team. And that bit, and I'm not, you know, saying smoking cigars is a good thing, but that bit where he used to get his cigar and just go, I love it when a plan comes together. (laughs) And it just worked and it just went well. For those of you a bit younger, you watch things like Infinity War and Endgame, and you hear, if you've never seen it, I'm just, spoiler alert, stick your fingers in your ears. And you hear Dr. Strange say there's 14,605,000 different ways that this thing can go, and there's only one way where we win. And that's how God works. There were so many things that could have happened to bring us to this point where we stand today. But God had a well-ordered plan. And that well-ordered plan involved Jesus getting baptised. That was part of that plan. And it's part of God's plan for you too. So if you're here and you've not been baptised and you're a Christian, then God wants to set you in this well-ordered plan to be baptised. And why? Why was it so important? You look at Jesus and you say, well, you know, everyone said Jesus was perfect. We get baptised to repent of our sins, to step into this new life, to make a commitment to God. Jesus was committed to God. He was God. Jesus was perfect. He had no sin. So why did he need to get baptised? What was so important in this well-ordered plan that God had for Jesus that resulted in him dying on the cross, going into the grave for three days, being raised from the dead and coming out in resurrection life, he was showing us the well-ordered plan for our lives. That he wants to take us on a journey and that that journey... We've got to do it the right way, he said to John. And he was showing the right way for your life and for my life. God calls us to be baptized. And Jesus, who actually didn't need to get baptized, and John knew that full well. John knew that Jesus didn't need to be baptized, maybe for the reasons we talk about baptism. But Jesus knew that he'd got to do it the right way. The plan had to work the right way. It was God's way. You know, and we can, many of us can say, oh, I I don't know about getting baptised. I I don't feel at peace about it. um, I'll wait till I feel right about it. I'll wait until I've been a Christian a little bit longer. I'll wait until such and such or this or whatever excuse we did. But God says there's a well-ordered plan that includes baptism. It doesn't involve a fluffy feeling. It doesn't involve what we think's right. It doesn't involve bringing the right clothes with us. It involves getting baptized because that is the path that takes us on our journey with God, where we can follow Jesus. And what does the Bible tell us to do? Follow Jesus. So baptism is a step in a well-ordered plan. And it's the plan that God's got for your life. The second thing I want to say to you is this. Baptism comes out of relationship. Let me read you another story. And this is an account of Jesus that's taken from Luke. And it's the only gospel, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke and John and it's the only one of the gospels that tells the story of Jesus' life that this story is in. All of the others generally either start with the Christmas story and then go straight into baptism or they go straight into Jesus' baptism but this, this is a bit of an oddity just dotted in there by Luke. Let's read it, Luke 2. It says every year Jesus' parents went to Jerusalem So they go to Jerusalem to celebrate the feast. Have you noticed I've just started telling you the story myself? And when they get there, they have a nice time, and then they go home. And they think Jesus is amongst them, and then when they've gone a few days' walk, as you do, they realise they've lost the Son of God. It's one thing when you lose your own child in Tesco. But there you go. Anyone ever done that? Is that just me? I think they're too young to remember. So let's pick it up. So... Mary and Joseph, frantic as they are, go back to Jerusalem and look for him. And we pick it up here at verse 46. And it says, three days later. So they've spent three days looking for him. Let's just take a moment. Three days they've been looking in Jerusalem for him. So wherever they've been looking, it's not where he is. Three days later, they finally discover him in the temple sitting among the religious teachers, listening to them and asking questions. All who heard him were amazed at his understanding and his answers. His parents didn't know what to think. "'Son,' his mother said to him, "'why have you done this to us? "'Your father and I have been frantic, searching for you everywhere. "'But why did you, but why did you need to search?' he asked. "'Did you not know that I must be in my father's house?' But they didn't understand what he meant." Then he returned to Nazareth with them and was obedient to them. And his mother stored all these things in her heart. Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God and all people. Like I said, baptism comes out of relationship. And this account of Jesus shows us the relationship that he already had with Father God. You see, in verse 47, Mary says to him, your father and I... She's talking about Joseph. She's talking about his earthly father. Your father and I. What does Jesus reply? I must be in my father's house. He'd already made that step of relationship where his father God was at a level within him. And he had a relationship with him that allowed him them to go on to be baptized. He'd made that commitment. He'd made a solid relationship with his father in heaven. Baptism comes out of that relationship. Baptism comes out of that surrender and that submission in doing what we believe God calls us to do. There were people up here who said, I'm doing it because that's what God asks me to do. Their baptism is coming out of relationship with God. It's coming out of the fact that, well, I love God and this is what God says is the best plan for my life. So this is what I'm going to do. It's a response to the love of God. You know, Christmas is coming up. And many people, we we give and receive presents. And very often, people will buy you presents that aren't really for you. They're perhaps for themselves, really. Maybe a CD. Maybe some bath bombs. Maybe a picture. Maybe many things that they buy. And you think, oh, that's really nice. That's actually what you want, isn't it? I know where that's going to end up. But God didn't send the gift of his son for anybody else or for any other reason. God sent the gift of his son out of relationship with and for you to let you know that you are loved in such abundance that you are cared for, that you are thought of. God loves you anyway, whether you believe it or not. God loves you anyway, whether you want to engage with him or not. God sent his son to die on the cross for you, whether you believe it and want to go on that journey with him or not. God did it anyway. And God is asking us to respond to that relationship by saying, yes, I believe, and then taking those steps on that journey, one of which is baptism. Baptism comes out of relationship. The last thing I want to say to you this morning is this. Baptism leads to a stamp of approval. And we heard in that original um, scripture from Matthew, where it says at the very end in verse 17, and a voice from heaven said, This is my dearly loved Son who brings me great joy. God stamped Jesus with his stamp of approval, God affirmed him as his Son. And you know, baptism is part of that journey of God sealing us with his stamp of approval. Baptism is part of that journey that takes us on to the next step. And when we look at Jesus' story from that point, he went into the wilderness, he was tempted, and then he came back out and he began his public ministry. So when temptation comes and when difficulty comes, through baptism, when we're affirmed by God, it gives us the power and the strength to keep going. When hardship comes, when people come and say, you don't want to be doing that, you don't want to be involved in that, look at what's happening in your life. This wouldn't be happening if God was real, but baptism gives that stamp of approval that says, you are my child, I love you. So that when the difficulty comes, when the hardship comes, when the heartbreak comes, that you know that and that is what you hold on through, through those times. Baptism brings that seal of approval because baptism comes out of relationship. And the most interesting thing then as we go on and look at Jesus' journey is that that's when the miracles then came. The miracles didn't come before he didn't, he didn't get baptised because he was doing great things. He didn't get baptised because he was in a great place. He didn't get baptised because he fed 5,000 people and was doing really well. The miracles came after baptism came out of relationship with God. And God, this morning, for those of you getting baptised and for those of you who have been baptised, God wants to seal you with his stamp of approval and say, you are loved, you are mine, you are never alone. No matter what you go through, no matter what difficulty comes, no matter what hardship comes your way, I love you and I am with you. You know, the last thing I want to say to you this morning, if the band want to come and join me, is this. Don't miss it. Don't miss it. It'd be so easy this morning to stay where you are and to go home. Don't miss it this morning. So often we miss it because we're afraid of people, because we're afraid of the person sitting next to us. We're concerned about what they think. So often we miss it because actually we don't want to learn something new. And we think we know best But God calls us to learn and apply. God calls us to do something different. You know, there'll be many of us sitting in this room, all at a very different place. Some of us have been baptized before. And very often people who've been baptized before want to go and get baptized again. Because they know the difference that it made in their lives. Because they know it was a pivotal and turning point. It didn't get rid of the difficulties. It didn't stop the temptation. But God did something significant and brought that stamp of approval upon their lives. And said, you are mine and I am yours. And from this point on we go forward. Some of you in here, and you're not baptised. Maybe you think, "Oh, I, I just don't feel ready. Maybe you think, I've actually left it too long and people think I am baptised and that'd be a bit awkward if I go and say I'm not now. But you know, God's calling to you this morning. God has that well-ordered plan for your life and that well-ordered plan involves baptism. It's part of the journey. And if you've not been baptised this morning, we want to encourage you. And we want to suggest to you that you go and speak to somebody at the back and have that conversation. And maybe it's not for this morning. Maybe that's just too much and too quick for you. And that's okay too. But maybe next time or maybe today. But God is calling you into that well-ordered plan out of relationship so he can seal you with that stamp of approval. Maybe you're here for the first time. Maybe you've come to watch somebody else get baptised. I just want to encourage you this morning that you are loved. That God loves you. And you may not know that and you may not understand that. But God wants to be in relationship with you today. And we would love to talk to you more about that. And we would like to try and answer any questions you've got. And there's nothing that I can say any better than any one of those guys giving their testimony this morning about how God brought them from where they were and placed them in a better place. All I can do is confirm that that's exactly what he's done for me. And I know for many people in this room. You know, when I was 16 years old, I struggled with my mental health. And... My sister and her now husband had booked tickets to take us all to the circus. And I just couldn't cope with going. And in the end, I didn't go. And then as I remember as they walked out of the door, I just broke down because I wished I'd have gone. I wished I'd have gone. And it sort of imprinted me in my life, sometimes in a good way, but sometimes in a negative way, because now I don't like to miss out. Now I'm like, I don't want to miss out because I know what it feels like to miss out. And it's not nice when you miss out. So I'm just going to make sure I'm at everything. i just never sleep and I'll never go anywhere. I just want to see everything and be at everything. And Paul will often say to me, just, just let it go. You're not missing out if you go upstairs and have a rest. It's like the children are still here. But it's impacting my life so deeply. Because sometimes we find a reason or an excuse to not do things. And this morning, I want to say to you, don't miss out. Don't miss out on your baptism, if that's what it is. Don't miss out on having a conversation about who Jesus is and who he can be in your life, if it's that. Don't miss out on sharing your testimony with somebody or continuing on that journey that God started you on when you were baptised. Don't miss out this morning walk out of this building and think I just wish I wish that I'd gone and spoke to somebody I wish that I'd gone and got baptised God's calling to you this morning he's calling you home he's calling you home he's calling you through the waters of baptism he's calling you to carry on with that well ordered plan that he set you on when you got baptised keep going keep believing, keep persevering Allow him to teach you new things and apply them into your life today.